Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I have just a a thought that I would like to leave with you today. It's not anything I haven't mentioned through the years in part, but um, I feel just a a direction in my heart today. I I, uh, know that we are very familiar with the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We find just a young shepherd boy that seemingly is just so far out of his element, and I think we can comfortably agree that he was. We understand the unfolding events uh, of a man, young man, who was really more accustomed to just staying to himself out of the limelight, to say the least. He was a shepherd by trade, and uh, so that meant a lot of alone time. He was not um, a mover and a shaker, as we may know that today, but he was a man who just simply had dedicated not only his life to tending to sheep, but also in that particular setting, it afforded David to become who we recognize as the psalmist David because it was in those times of solitude that David wrote many of his psalms or songs and uh, praises and adoration to the Lord and so much of what you hear in ministry by way of song even today uh, there are is derived from many, many places throughout the book of Psalms and the writings of David, the references or inferences even of David. Yet on this particular day, we find uh, young David being sent out on a very um, unorthodox mission. And it was going to certainly, without doubt, put him in an unfamiliar place. This place would be so unlike the places that he spent his life in solitude on the backside of the mountain or in the valleys as it is often referred to. But now his father has sent him innocently to a battlefield. Innocent in that he only went to check on his brothers. But while he got there, or when he got there, he began to hear the screaming chant of a man by the name of Goliath. And uh, Brother Rayleigh, I, I think, mentioned this not long ago. In our presence, probably the great insult of all of this was that among all of these men, Goliath was implying that there was not a man, a real man, that would come out and fight. So here is a giant that is looking warriors in the eyes and saying, send me a man that we might fight together. If there's anything I understand about men, I understand this. We all have an ego. And so Goliath is certainly attacking the ego of a man by saying, send me a man. The word Goliath, by its very nature, in its purest definition, means to denude 
or to reveal, and especially in a, dis- in a disgraceful sense. And so here was Goliath with just one purpose in mind, and that was to not only incense, incense the men in the army of Saul, but he was there to point out their weaknesses, and he was there to reveal, to denude their 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 lack of strength, their lack of fortitude. He's standing there on this particular day. When David heard these words of this uh, Philistine, something within him rose to the occasion. It was far more than just being insulted. It was far more than just the male ego in young David that was rising to the challenge because David took this as an insult against all of the children of Israel. He he took this as an insult against the God that he served. And so there was what we often say in religious circles, a righteous indignation that stirred up within him. This was not just merely anger, one man to another, human to human. But there was a righteous indignation that was stirred in the deepest portion of David's soul. And perhaps he had really never felt anything quite like this. It was at this point that David went to his brothers and said, and to Saul, I will go and I will fight. However, David was about to discover that there was going to be more to conquer here than just one man standing with a sword and a shield. There was going to be more to conquer than just one giant casting an unbelievable shadow. It was at this moment he was going to have to face some things that all of us have had to face and we will face again. One of those things was the very spirit of intimidation. It was his brothers that mocked and laughed and scorned and who do you think you are? And when he went to even stand before Saul and request to go again for young David at this point, especially in his life, this had to be a pretty intimidating proposition to say to the king, I'll go. And the king is asking him, well, by what credentials, what Tell me, what, what makes you think you can do these, this thing? And, and it had to be very intimidating to, to know all about that. And it was at this point that David began to talk about some past experiences in his life. Many of us learned about this in Sunday school or at least very early on in our walk with God. He began to talk about a lion and a bear. However, if you will note, There has never before been a mention of this. There's no scriptural record of this. There is never a a record where David even mentioned this to anybody else. It's just here and now, right here in this unique setting. One man on a hill crying for others' men to come and fight. And, And now David, no doubt, a little bit afraid in himself at those around him. The authority of his king and uh, certainly the influence of his older brothers. But seemingly out of the blue, David mentions the lion and the bear. And uh, there's no evidence of this mentioned prior, but David just begins to talk about these experiences in his life. And so I, I just say that to say this, that I believe that there are some things that we face in our lives that no one knows anything about. There, there are just some issues that we in, in battles that we fight and battles that we win, quite frankly. And uh, no one writes a song about that. There were songs written after he slew Goliath, but there was nobody writing songs about the lion and about the bear. But there are those things that we're doing maybe in the shadows. Perhaps no one is there to 
pat us on the back. No one is there to kind of encourage us along. Some things we just have to to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. It's not because somebody's going to praise us for it. It's not because somebody's going to uh, going to going to print that or promote that in some fashion. We, in doing so, I believe in more ways than one, are preparing ourselves for other battles that are going to happen in our life, for other seasons, I should say perhaps, that we're going to face in our lives. Amen. It was the lion and the bears, those things that we conquer alone, those things that we conquer without the accolades of men, without as I've mentioned before, the applause of people, but we're just doing that because it's the right thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. We're going to do that not because someone's looking. We're going to do that not because we're afraid of getting in trouble for doing anything less. They're not trivial by no means. Certainly if I understand the difference between a lion and a bear and a giant, But nevertheless, you can still lose your life with a lion and a bear. It may not, they may not have been, was it some 13 foot tall, but they were still a very formidable foe, a, a very real enemy. And so we may not always face things that just cast a tremendous shadow over our lives, but we certainly can face things that could take us out spiritually. Obvious things that could have taken his life, but... Here, I suppose my point is this. Sometimes we face issues that may not bring a lot of attention to ourselves. There may not be a lot of praise from men, but we're just doing the right thing. And in doing so, God is strategically as pawns on a chessboard placing us, positioning us. He said, if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many things. And so if you ever find anyone with any measure of success in their lives, hear me now, if you find anyone with any measure of success in your lives, long before you just write them off as being born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and I realize that happens from time to time, but more often than not, someone that has experienced any success has also tasted a tremendous amount of failure. They have faced fears that were just beyond vocabulary. They have faced seasons and days of uncertainty. And so though they may be standing today and they seem cool, calm, and collective, rest assured at some point in their life, they, they were facing some things that left a little bit of uncertainty in their lives. I remember being a part of a, a, a conference many years ago and, and uh, one of the young men was introducing his father. His father had and still does have a tremendous church, a re revival church, and I don't say that loosely, a tremendous church. And, and so as his son was introducing him, he was introducing him really in a platform of a lot of young, other younger ministers. And so he said, if you're wanting to know uh, how you you can how you can allow God to use you, if you want to use my father as a sounding board, he said you you don't just need to do what he's doing today. You need to find out what he's been doing to get him to this point. Amen. And I think what he had been doing to get him to that point was slaying some lions and bears out, out of the, out of the witness of many, many people when, when no one was there to say, man, what a great job. When no one was there to say, wow, I've never seen anybody fight just like that in the solitude of the valley or behind the shadow of the mountain. When, when danger arose, it just took very, they just took diligence 
diligent care of those issues in their life. And so it set us in a position to do something greater in our lives in the future. Nobody apparently was standing by the roadway talking about all of this, but it was it was uh, those intricate things, it was those important things in his life that was positioning him to later be used of God from this platform. It was from the platform of slaying Goliath and from the platform of now uh, allowing Israel to be a victor instead of a victim that people begin to talk about David. However, before he could ever conquer the big things in his life, you gotta take care of the little things. I said many times, there's a, there's a lot of people that are waiting for that one moment in time to change the world. And while you're waiting for a world-changing moment, you may be missing a dozen opportunities to buy somebody a hot cup of coffee. While we're waiting for that one grand moment in time, there are hundreds of small opportunities that we would have to really touch and make a difference in someone's life. And so those are the things that have to be conquered. Those are the things that have to be, that have to be fought and won. So if we allow things like bitterness and envy and strife and lust and all these sorts of things that we hear talked about from the word of God and, and hopefully taught consistently from behind this desk. If we spend all of our time entertaining those things, then we'll never be able to help somebody else in our time of need. Uh, uh, pardon me for just repeating myself, but, but when it comes time for surgery, you don't want somebody that just went down and rented the costume. <laughs> You want somebody that actually went to school. You don't want somebody that just looks like a nurse or looks like a surgeon. If it comes, God forbid, but if we were to ever have that moment that we needed legal representation, you don't want somebody that just always wanted to be an attorney. You want someone that, you want someone that in their apartment when they were just a young person were sitting up by candlelight <laughs> trying to finish their homework in the middle of the night. They worked hard to get where they are. You want somebody that has the real thing. And so I'd say this today, that if we're wanting to be, really be used of God, and I believe I'm looking at people that really want to be used of God today, here's the bottom line. We must be diligent every day and not just wait for moments to come along. I want to be diligent every day. Everyone in this house has a story to tell. Not everyone has the same story, obviously, and certainly we don't face the same trials and temptations as I talked about Wednesday night. Let us run the race that is set before us, whatever that may be. Whatever, uh, what, uh, whatever the personal issues or whatever the needs are in our lives that must be worked out in that private arena, we need to work those out. I want the victory in my life. I want to be truly victorious and not just appear to be victorious. Because if we can't touch someone spiritually, we're not going rather to be able to touch someone spiritually if we haven't resolved the issues of our own personal life. Amen. And so I want to be like David. I, I realize there may be a Goliath in my future. So that's why I better slay every lion and bear. And... Uh, you know, there's just some things you don't need to make pets out of. You know, I know we got a lot of weird thinkers in our world. And uh, to each his own. I'm certainly not here to preach for or against all that. But there's just some things that you're not going to change the nature of. 
And so you can get an alligator and put a nice little pink ribbon around its neck and even put a nice little diamond studded leash on it, but it's still an alligator. And given a chance, it will devour because that's its nature. And so we, we, there are just some things you can't let the lion and the bear come along and say, you know what, that just seems like a good pet. I think I'll build a pen. <laughs> you better build a bear skin rug is what you better build. <laughs> Amen. A few months ago, my wife and I had the, the wonderful opportunity to go to Oregon and, and, uh, and preach for some friends of ours, and they have an, a, a basement in their home that they have turned into an apartment for for guests, and in there, in this apartment, there's just an enormous. It's, it's it, trust me. I mean, we were there several days, and so I, <laughs> it was it it was very big the day we walked in, but it was still rather large even after we were there several days. When a huge bear that they had killed and and uh, now laid across the back of the couch, and and when you just see what a, a fo- you don't want a pet like that. That's not what you want in your life. You better. <laughs> Trust me, trust me. Just the way that that thing was positioned, every time you walked by, you bumped into it. I, I kept finding myself. Said, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. But <clears throat> there's some things you don't want in your life, and so you, if you don't slay them while they're small, if you don't take care of them while it's while it's innocent, they won't always be innocent. And so, why was it that David was able to conquer? It's because he took care of the issues of his life. I know it seems like today we're merely just two notches above talking about a Sunday school story, but there's a lot of truth bound up in this. And so we're going to put ourselves in that position. And so we ask ourselves and say to ourselves, I just don't see myself as David. and I don't ever see myself as slaying a giant like Goliath. And I don't ever see myself saving a nation. And maybe that's all true because everybody certainly is not going to have an opportunity to be on that front. But I hear, here's where I'm going today with all of this. While we may not be able to have in our resume that we slew a giant and we saved a nation, all of us have the privilege to minister to people by our presence and you think sometimes I don't know what I would say and maybe the answer is to say nothing maybe the answer is just being there when Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane he took with him Peter, James and John those men did not possess the ability to turn time to change providence nor did Jesus want them to change anything. He knew his hour had come. He knew that before him was a necessary cross, a necessary sacrifice, but he asked them to come. And I believe it was just their presence that was sufficient. I know all about the prayer and I know about them sleeping. But he didn't ask them to come to Gethsemane with them so you can help me pray and turn this around. Because he said, as he called them apart from the other disciples, 
But when they got to a certain point, he said, you stay here. And he went a little further himself. And so he realized that that much of this are are some things that I'm just going to have to fight out and figure out and work out on my own. But if I just have somebody there. I stood in hospital rooms when I didn't have an answer. I've held the hands of parents who lost their children to death and I didn't have an answer. I wasn't there to say something, to fix it. But God was using the ministry of presence just being there. And so to all of you who may feel like I'm just not a giant killer, I'm asking you this, can you just be there? Can you just show up? Because if you can just show up, that may be all we need. That may be all that individual needs. And so I pray today that God would give us the strength and the ability to just show up and let the Spirit of God minister through us. Amen. I believe he can do that. I see the bewildered looks, but yes, I'm finished. (laughs) Let's stand. What a privilege it has been to be in the house of God today and his spirit, his power and presence. And and so I ask that the presence of God would touch us this afternoon. Amen. There are lives yet to be touched and there are lives that will be touched today. And so I want to thank all of those that will be going out to minister this afternoon. Thank you in advance for your sacrifice. Amen. And so let's ask God now to just touch them Because here is the truth. On this particular day, because of our ministries today, where these men are going, they cannot turn it around. They cannot change anything. But they can minister through presence. And my message was not a lead-in for that. It was just the truth for today. And so we are asking the Lord to just touch us through the ministry of presence. And you don't have any idea when you may yourself be given that opportunity you may be only 30 minutes away from that right now and so let's ask God to help us to be diligent amen and if we're going to be used of God mightily you need to tear down those pins let out those lions and bears don't keep them for pets you better deal with that and let God make us victorious in Jesus name Lord I love you and I thank you for the privilege to be here I'm asking you today to let the word that's already been issued forth by Brother Rayleigh and I pray God the ministry that has certainly touched our lives by way of song and praise and worship. And I ask you today, let the ministry... This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.